we are creating a platform for those who are curious, one that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is the Working Artist Project. So today on the Working Arts Project, I have the one and only Evan Arntzen. <laughs> the original. The or- <laughs> don't, don't believe the imposters. That's right. First of all, there's no one else named with the name Arntzen. No, it's a terrible idea. It's only five of y'all. To try and be a musician or a public personality of any kind. Right. With a name with five, four consonants in a row, however many it is. So, man, where, where does that name come from? Where do you come from originally? Well, the name is Norwegian. And I come from Canada. And, I mean, it's Canada way back, you know, generations. But on my grandfather's side, that's the Norwegian side. And okay. my great-grandfather was Norwegian. He landed in New Orleans, actually, as an illegal immigrant in 1907. Oh, word. Yes. Oh, dang. Okay. Arndt Arntzen I. Ah, so that's who your, your brother's named after your great-grandfather. Exactly. Your great-grandfather. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that's that's a story, man. See, illegal immigration leads to beautiful things. Yeah, it can. <laughs> <laughs> Very often, you know. Yeah. Well, the stakes are high. Right. Exactly. If you're an immigrant like that, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you you got to hustle. Yeah. So it's let's like let's get to your the way that you got to New York. I had been in Vancouver, you know, playing music and traveling. Also, I, I traveled to Europe and Japan and some, and you know, in the states. I was already kind of playing around like that with different. Uh, people and for festivals and different things um and i was playing in vancouver and life was good i didn't really have any it was never like a deal breaker for me to leave there but it did come to a point where well i should i should really spend some serious time studying and playing music in another place in a larger place because it's just something i always wanted to do right right and uh i was married at the time you met kirsten my ex-wife yeah of course and uh you know, so she was supportive of that idea, and uh, so somewhere along the way, we just decided that New York was the place that okay. uh, that I needed to be. And once I arrived here, it just happened very quickly. You know, I mean, I was working a lot and uh, and really excited about everything that was happening here musically. Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm remembering the first day we met because we met because of Bria. Yes, and. Uh, you know, because they had been talking about you for months. Like, yeah, Evan's coming. <laughs> like, who is this Evan? You know how I'm like, And I remember similar about you. They were like, oh, yeah, Darian's moving to New York. You know, like, because I, I mean, I was in touch with Bria the whole time. Right, so right, I was right. hearing. It's funny. We were hearing the yeah, same things. Right. It's, it's funny how life works in, in our past, like, converged. And then we went on the road for, like, what, three years together with Bria. And, yeah. And so now we're friends. and. hmm you can never get rid of me for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's, 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 you're stuck, Damn, bro. You're I've been stuck. trying. So, man, what what advice would you give to, like, say, a young clarinet player? You play clarinet. We need to say that. You play clarinet, right. <laughs> saxophone, right. and you, you're also a vocalist. Yeah. So someone who wants to follow in your footsteps, maybe they're in Canada right now. They're in Vancouver, right. and they want to be you. Like, what advice would you give them? I would say don't be me, be yourself. <laughs> but, uh you know, go for what inspires you, first of all. I mean, you know, it's going to be coming from a more authentic place. And that's just something I try to do all the time is, you know, like, honor the inspiration that you receive. Right. You know, and that means work on it. That means if you get an idea, 
take that idea and run with it. Don't just have it and then watch the TV show or, you know, there's so many distractions now that you can partake of. Uh, So I'd say just be, try to be consistent, try to, you know, be selfless, you know, be humble and, and uh, it's everything. It's practicing. It's trying to be, you know, in a good mental space. It's trying to, uh, and it's trying to prepare yourself as best as you're able to handle the musical opportunities that you have. See, that's why you work more than every other saxophone player on the planet Earth. Because <laughs> because you said, you know, you will need to do what the music needs. And also your energy is like, pulls people towards you instead of repels them. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, how do you keep that vibe going like of happiness and gratitude? It's just the paradigm from which I come, you know, like, I think about my grandfather, who is, I mean, probably my primary inspiration for making music, and he just has so much more fun playing music than I do, or than basically anyone, you yeah. know, except for, with the exception of maybe my brother, okay. who's also just very, like, joyful when he plays. I, I, you know, tend to get up in my own head a little bit more than that. Um, he doesn't question things. He's just making music and enjoying it and yeah. enjoying the company of the musicians and enjoying performing for an audience who's also enjoying it and you know so that whole experience is what I identify with in terms of being a musician and so um, I find it very easy to be inspired and happy for the musicians around me who are just kind of being themselves you know right. and I, I love to see that I love when you're playing the drums and you're just like, yeah, that's Darian, you know, it, lo- <laughs> it looks like Darian. It feels like Darian. Right, it's right. like, you know, and, uh, I just really enjoy that, that experience. And it, and so I don't mind showing it either. Right. You know, right. when I'm on stage, I, I smile and, and because I'm feeling that way. See, I know, you know, for me, like, I know when you, we were on the road together when you went through a transition mm-hmm. in your life, you know, and I'm talking about your divorce and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, even through that, you maintained a certain amount of happiness that, like, you know, because I went through a similar experience and mm-hmm. I was just, like, fucked up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, man, how does Evan keep smiling through this, man? Like, you're on some high-level shit, man. <laughs> He's got some weed I don't have or something, <laughs> man. <laughs> it helped. No. You know, right. So, you know, just going through hard times or going through transitions in life, you know, yeah. music is something that people don't tell you in school. Like some, something's going to happen in your re- regular life outside of your musical life. You have to try your best to maintain positivity and maintain focus on what you're doing. Like, how do you get, how did you get to that? And how did you keep those things, uh, the hardships from bringing you to a, you know, depressed state or. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely got there at times, but I mean, to me, that was, nothing to do with music and what's more like the music that I was privileged to perform. I mean, we're so lucky as musicians because I mean, for me, and I think if you're doing it in the right way or for the right reasons or something, music is like therapy, you know, I mean, perform playing your instrument should be a relaxing experience or just something that brings you outside of, you know, the babble that is happening in your head. And uh, it brings you into the moment and and just kind of like, I don't know, for me, it brings a lot of peace. Mm. So even when times were at their darkest, it was like, 
I would be able to go and uh, perform with my friends and, I don't know, forget about it for a minute, you know? Right, right. And it was always like that because, yeah, music is like that for me. It just kind of brings me outside of Mm -hmm. um, whatever feelings I'm having into what the experience of the music is. So I don't know what the answer is, y'all. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know, you can kind of glean your own. There's no magic bullet. Right. At this point, I want to like listen to some, some of your music, man. Well, from that album, which I recorded in January in France with some friends over there, I think you know Sebastian Giraudot and yeah. um, Le Section Rhythmique, they call themselves, the rhythm section. So, yeah, we'll play uh, Ball and the Jack, which is an arrangement we came up with. Ball and the Jack. So what does <laughs> what does ball and a jack mean? Man? It's a dance. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, people used to ball the jack. Um, I don't know what it looks like. It sounds like a painful dance. It does, what, doesn't it? Ball the jack, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I'm, there's a lot of places we could go. With that. Right, right, right. So how did? You, so someone told you this was a dance, or you? Well, that's just what the song is about. The lyrics are about first you do, 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 do. it's uh, like instructions on how to do the dance. Okay, so this that's isn't, what this isn't, they call ball in the jack. Okay, yeah, so this isn't an original song. This is no, this is, this no. is an old standard. No, right? I don't. There are a couple of originals on the album, but I don't. I don't. Okay. I've never been uh, that much of a writer. I mainly play stuff that other people wrote. Somebody got to play it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, I love music from that era you know i mean the early jazz age so mm-hmm. so being a musician that travels or has traveled and is currently traveling all over the world to play music mm-hmm. like do you consider that one element to uh, be to make you successful or what does success mean to you oh well i mean traveling beyond just i mean if you enjoy traveling that's kind of uh given mm-hmm. or or whatever i mean there's motivation to do that if you enjoy doing it, but, um, it can be a means of certainly like proliferate, you know, your music to reach more people. Right. 
unless you live in a city like i mean in new york you can actually just live here and play only here and get by as a musician right it's one of the only places in the world you can do that if you live almost anywhere else except for like new orleans or tokyo i heard you know you kind of do have to travel even even musicians who live in paris i mean maybe there are some who just play gigs in paris but not really any that i know i mean they they travel too and it's also europe everything's closer together you can get around a lot easier it's you know so it's easier to do that there also yeah it's there's a lot of benefits to to traveling to play i mean just having life experience you know i mean navigating the road navigating that lifestyle in lots of its different forms like when i was in college in a van with my friends and sleeping on floors and couches right. you know <laughs> um versus you know just going out with uh like when we were touring with bria i mean right. she's kind of the queen of like making things comfortable right, on the road exactly, you know exactly. i mean yeah and uh but there are still lots of great experiences yeah you can have there too um and it provides perspective on your home life too mm. you know so that you can go away and then you're looking forward to coming back and checking in with everything that's happening there so it's all part and parcel of of what it is to yeah be a successful musician to me so that that is your definition of success not necessarily no i mean that is a changeable thing i think for me it's like okay this is what i want to do right now actually i mean in my 20s and you know i'm now 32 and uh i'm thinking more about lately at least investing in new york investing in like trying to do things here you know uh because in the three years that i've lived here i've played a lot of gigs right like a lot but you know i haven't organized that many things myself so and that could be in france but it also could be here so Mm -hmm. and i you know i've yet to really kind of push to do anything in new york uh, that I'm organizing. So that's another version of success, you know? Right. And that's my current project. So the un- undercurrent theme here is that success is always morphing or your version is yes. always changing depending on the the time period. Sure. Yeah. And you're asking me about this too. In a, I mean, I'm a person who, uh, I just haven't done a lot of thinking in of those kind of ways. You know, I've never been so much a goal-oriented person mm. you know it's something that i want to try and work on but i've been very much just kind of like a go with the flow type of dude you know so how do you how do you if you are just going with the flow like how do you point your life in the right direction like how do you envision your future or your present well that's i mean maybe it's just a product of being in your 30s or what but it's like I'm starting to think about those things a lot more now and asking myself those kinds of questions. Whereas before I wasn't really, I don't know why other than it never occurred to me. And I wasn't like, you were having too much fun, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like to have fun, you know, because you know, there's a lot of stuff that'll happen to you in your life that isn't fun anyway, no matter what. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm thinking about now, you know, okay. trying to point my life in a in a direction thinking about the future all those things what do you want to happen exactly like what what is the one thing well a meaningful partnership with with a woman is is something i'm working on yeah you know yeah currently man tell me about it (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's beautiful, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. really liking the direction that's going right now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good point because relationships, at least in our field, is the most important thing. Like the ability to develop relationships yeah. and to maintain relationships with people. Because it's hard, man. It's hard. Just, I mean, to me, the most challenging thing about being a musician is the inconsistency. Right. And that translates to a lot of things like how much you're getting paid, when you're working, who you're working with, where you're working. Everything is changing constantly. Yeah. yeah. Unless, I don't know, you go work on a cruise ship or, I mean, I don't know. There's just not the same kind of, the business is not the same as it once was where you could be working in a place. Now it's it's a lot different, particularly if your main bread and butter, which it has been for me up until now, and it still is, but I'm thinking about moving, sort of yeah. trying to bring other aspects of, of work mm-hmm. into what I do. But what I'm talking about is, is just... Uh, being sort of a hired gun, sort of right. like freelancer, you're you're playing for other people right. who are hiring you to play. Um, there's a lot of inconsistency that comes with that. You know, yeah. people always, you know, people always ask us like, "Oh, who do you play with?" or right. "What band do you play?" It's like, yeah, well, so you play in a band or something? Well, like, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, twenty of them. Yeah, <laughs> because, because you know you have to. There's not enough work, or or. The work is like so sporadic that you have to diversify your portfolio, so to speak. Yeah. In order to make a living, you know. Absolutely. And I think sometimes the lay person, they don't really understand that because they're coming from their own perspective where they go to work every day at this one place. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But but, you know, what's good about that is you're, you're training yourself for to to be able to deal with uh, elements that you can't imagine. You know what I mean? Because it's always different. Things are always changing. Yes. So you're always adapting, and you you get used to that. Yeah. To like, oh, okay, cool. I'll just go this way. I'll be, and we already do it in our music because we're jazz musicians, so we're always improvising. Pre- precisely. Yeah. But it can get stressful to improvise your entire life forever. Yeah, particularly when you're talking about a significant other, and right. you know, bringing them into your life also, and. Um, you know, I mean, I'm I'm the product of that, too. Like, I was raised by a family in which the breadwinners were my father and my mother. Uh, my mother being um, her main source of income was school teaching. Mm-hmm. She was a teacher for over 30 years, but she was also a singer. So that's how my parents met. They were in a band together okay. and toured all over North America in a school bus and uh you know did like two weeks at this hotel lounge and oh, this the casino 70s. And, oh. yeah yeah early 80s yeah Early, yeah okay, yeah okay. but you know still kind of like in canada it was still the 70s okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so um and then she had to make a tough transition to because she wanted a house she wanted stability she wanted kids all these things um that led her to go into school teaching which is what she started out with also uh, but my dad was always just a band leader and um, musician. So, and it's it's tough because you get a gig, and okay, and you're working when other people are celebrating or doing right. family things. Or like, it's like, oh well, I guess I'm gonna miss that birthday party or yeah. you know this or that things that are important in life. And uh, you know, so that's a lesson that I learned actually because I didn't. I didn't want to be in the position of um, of missing those kind of important things. You know what I mean? Family right. things. Or like, I wanted to uh, 
that was definitely a goal. That's part of success for me is to not be tied to the job. Right. You know, I call it like, don't be a slave to the music, you know? Right. Like be able to be like, no. Yeah. Which is hard. You yeah. Know, you have to set up all the pieces just right. Because people be- like offer you a lot of money or yeah, like, man. you know, it's or just it. There's something especially coming from that, you know, there's something a little part of me that just goes like, ow, every time yeah. I have to say no to a gig, you know. <laughs> well, also, we're trying to feed the beast because we have this insatiable desire to perform. That too. Yes. You know? And then you have all these other adult things to deal with. It's like stuff they don't tell you when you're growing up and you're playing music in school, you know. Right. It's just like you just think it's always going to be carefree. And you're, and then you get a family, you get a wife, you right. know, and then you got to like, you have to provide. And then you also have to somehow be around. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. You, how do you do those two things? It's just, yeah. it's balance, you know. So it's it's like you're saying, you're constantly making judgment calls about like, okay, I'll go this way, go that way. Mm-hmm. You know, you just... But it can get exhausting, you know, being on the, I think about it as momentum, you know, that's where balance comes from. It's like you're on a bicycle, you know, but it's like sometimes let me just get off the bike for a second. Right. I need a fucking break, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough, man. I don't know. We, we don't have all the answers, guys, but we got some of them, you know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> People do it different ways. I mean, that's the beauty of our job, too, is that it's flexible mm-hmm. as, you know, as anything. And you can make it into a lot of different things, depending on who you are and what you want to do. Um, there's a lot of different ways to get by. You can teach more. You can be into recording. You can be writing a lot. You can, um, you know. For me, it was always about playing music with people, for people. And uh, that's an experience I love. I love just, like, having three gigs in a day and just, like, going from one to the other. And, right. And uh, that's really thrilling and a, and a great experience for me and then you get paid at the end of it and it's it's satisfying you know it, it is so you you just said something cool because you like you, you identify what it is that you want it to do right you know what i mean sometimes i think people don't do that and they just end up doing a bunch of random shit and then they're still unhappy even though they're doing this thing that they love so you have to identify okay i want to do music like this right I do it like that yeah and then you kind of you etch out your path accordingly right absolutely so, so man, I want to talk about this band you're in with Sean Cronin. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a funny story right now because we're changing the name of the band, mm-hmm. you know, which is like, why are you doing that? Uh, is that what you asked them? Well, we've been asking ourselves that oh, okay, the whole time. Okay. I mean, we've been talking about this for like almost a year. It's insane. Yeah, why are you doing it? Because, I mean, for me, I can't speak for Sean necessarily, but for me, um, I think I just wanted like a fresh injection of aesthetic creativity um just kind of a new just some new stuff okay new so you change you kind of change in the direction of the music not so much that's the thing the music itself is pretty consistent with these guys and i love this band because it's so much a case of we're improvisers together okay it's this thing of playing ensemble you know where like we could play for minutes or songs without anyone really having a solo per se you know what i mean it's not like a soloist and accompaniment it's more just we're improvising together oh wow and to have that experience playing old songs you know i mean we're playing like early jazz and country music and stuff like that is really amazing to me so the music aspect of it i think speaks for itself and then but to that end i wanted i am thinking more along the lines of like business and like 
branding or whatever mm. um and uh the old name of the band was fine for but i just kind of associate it with a certain type of gig or a certain scene and i wanted to not be limited by that i got you okay so, that makes sense yeah makes sense. so what's the new name we won't even tell them the old name right <laughs> it, don't, it don't matter the new name is the animule dance what the hell does that mean that's what everyone's gonna ask so i gotta come <laughs> up with a good answer <laughs> but you know it's like basically the name comes from a jelly roll martin song okay jelly roll martin did this t- tune called the animule dance it's all about all of you animules you know it's like animals stories. kind of yeah but oh, okay. he's saying he's just you know it's like related to this time where i don't know musicians and people in general are probably just more creative in the language that they were using and right um so yeah just kind of liked liked how it sounded okay and That's, it's related to that music the jelly roll to the jelly roll thing so mm-hmm. it's funny because you wanted to get away from that and then you named your band after it, it, it no well the thing i'm talking about wanting to get away from is more about you know because i mean traditional jazz music in new york and in general in the last 10 years has experienced a surge of popularity and there are a lot more young people who are into it and making that kind of music. Um, and uh, so that's a scene that we come from and we play in and it's and it's beautiful. Um, but I just wanted to be not limited to that. You okay. know, I wanted to have the opportunity to play a jazz festival or um, a folk music festival or something that, uh, you know, outside of that scene. Okay, okay, I got you, I got you. Let's listen to it, man.
funny because these musicians are we're we're just playing an old style really i mean you know it's we're playing a El- duke ellington song from the jazz age and that's the sound of the music i mean that's yeah. the rhythm that we're playing but with these musicians i just feel like it's not limited to that it's fresh to me yeah. when we're playing music and uh and they're very versatile musicians you know sean cronin who's been on your podcast right of course and uh adam brisbane the guitarist and uh you know they're they play rock music they play all sorts of creative music and um and so they're improvising in the style coming from that and it's just you know that's that's where i want to be you can tell their imaginations are just like crazy you know what i mean yeah and it's grooving like sean is on a bass just killing it yeah and and what's my man adam playing percussion uh andrew is our is our on the recording you just heard is brad lale who was one of the founding members of the band he moved upstate he's a potter he's a beautiful cat um he'll always be a scrub board serenader okay well that Uh, band is over man right don't say that name no more man (laughs) (laughs) it's true we're looking to the future so yeah it's it's exciting you know because i think we can do a lot of cool things if we can yeah get organized to like you know come up with this just stuff for people to be able to consume yeah for sure so i'm i'm hearing this and i'm thinking about your grandfather because right. just the sound and the tone of your clarinet on this recording was right. so different from the the previous recording we listened to of your your most recent recording sure yeah and i'm i'm i mean the only way for me to explain it is you listen to your grandfather cuz he was closer to that era of music than you are yeah and he probably heard cats actually do it right it's, a little bit yeah it's funny how like I mean, when you ask me about him and his connection to New Orleans music, it's like, I mean, he didn't go to New Orleans until uh, just a few years ago in his 80s, you know. Um, And he really, but that said, you know, from a very young, like as a teenager, he bought a record called New Orleans Jazz, which had Henry Red Allen and and, uh, Edmund Hall and Sidney Bechet and uh, Jelly Roll Morton on it. And he just fell in love with that music. Okay. And started listening to it and consuming it and got a clarinet and taught himself how to play. And, uh, you know, like Johnny Dodds and Sidney Boucher, and that's just what he loved. But he didn't really hear a lot of it. And there was nobody in, at the time in Vancouver doing it. He would literally, like, go to the record store and ask the man at the record store for people's names and phone numbers who had purchased titles by Duke Ellington or Jelly Roll Morton or anybody who was like into that style and then he would call them on the phone and ask them if they wanted to join a new orleans jazz band <laughs> why you get a restraining order for that in 2017 you can't do that Don't right do exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> different times wow okay but i mean in the 40s you know everyone is into glenn miller you know i mean it was it was old music it was passe so your grandfather was a pioneer so he started an entire scene out of nothing from, yeah from pure passion yeah in vancouver small albeit you know but he did it for his whole career wow he was always leading bands and trying to organize that music to happen so yeah i mean when i think about playing the clarinet i think about him for Mm -hmm. sure because even though he didn't go to new orleans he he heard some guys like in uh i forget which year it was like around 1950 i think louis armstrong came to town with his all-stars okay um, with Edmund, oh no, sorry, uh, Barney Bigard was playing clarinet with him at that time, and Teddy Wilson, 
and uh, he met them at the train station with a little group. They had a drummer and a guitar player and a trumpet player, and they played at the train station while Louis they, oh, man, got off the train and uh, heard them. They had a week-long engagement at a place, and he had Barney Bigard over to his house and gave him a fish, I think, that he had caught <laughs> nice. Nice, man. as a gift. Um, so he heard them a little bit, but he he never left Vancouver. I mean, he was he he had a family very young. He had six children. Okay, he was a um, he was a school teacher. Uh, so he was really tied to that place, and I don't think he really wanted to travel very much. That said, he just he was eating up Jelly Roll Morton and Louis, and you know, like so he really got to know that style. Right. Wow, man, that's um, that's a great story, man. Yeah, what man. about you in New Orleans music? I mean, how do you do you enjoy what what is your connection with New Orleans music now? I mean, you know, you know, I lived there. Yeah, of course. Now, I mean, I love New Orleans music, man. But mm-hmm. I, when I moved to New York, I wanted to make sure I was, wasn't playing New Orleans music mm-hmm. just because I had just left New Orleans and I didn't want to get stuck in a certain thing only because I had lived there and experienced that music. I was lucky enough to play with like Don Vappy, like some right. real cats, yeah. you know, who hired me when I couldn't play nothing and were very patient with mm-hmm. me learning, you know, the language and stuff. But when I moved here, I wanted to make sure I was, was playing more modern music because uh, I'm in New York City, but I absolutely love listening to it. I love to play it, mm-hmm. but I, I have, I mean, just listening to it, I was thinking, I was like, man, I should, I should play some more, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I should play some more track. Like, I should start getting back into that, you know, and try to find a circle of people who would be cool or, right. man, or even just going to listen to it more because it, it's beautiful. You know, it's just so You ever cool, played the washboard? Man. I've never played, I've never played the <laughs> I've I would love played. to see you play the washboard. <laughs> man, I would learn, man. Hurling can really play that thing, you know. That's true too, yeah. So, ah man, like all of my heroes like Hurling and Shannon Powell, man. Those dudes are like masters at this music and modern music and everything yeah. in between, you know. Yeah. So, ultimately, Jason Marcellus is the same like right. that would that's the kind of drummer or musician that I want to be, you know, like those dudes who can just like who just know music. Yeah. And and they they live music in the, in, the, in an inclusive way. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're coming to the end, and yes. I ask everybody this question. What are the three things you're most thankful for? I have a real, like, connection with the the earth and just, like, <laughs> life beyond human existence in society. Right. You know? So I'm really thankful that there's life beyond my body and my and humans. You know what I mean? And I... I appreciate so much um when i'm in the forest or on the ocean right and just affronted with this massive life force that doesn't really care that much about me that you know it's just happening all around that's something i'm really really thankful for yeah i'm thankful for i mean all the friends that i'm privileged to play music with that you know I can draw upon for ideas, support, um, you know, I'm just so inspired by, you know, folks like yourself, you're working on your camp in New Orleans, you're doing this podcast, you're really like reaching for stuff, you know, it's, so I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for my family, you know. You can never get past that, man, the family, man. That's the best, that's the best shit ever, really. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man, you just said the earth, you know, I was thinking about. That one day you were running down the beach, man. 
this dude he's, he's got to run everywhere man at that uh, time we were in uh copenhagen and you're like running down the street in the middle of the winter was it winter it was winter i think yeah yeah it was it was it was cold and rainy and uh i don't know everywhere we went you had to, and that one time you jumped in the ocean right remember that <laughs> which which <laughs> time um were we in I oregon like, no i feel like we were coming back from i don't know where no we were on the east coast somewhere oh yeah it was coming back from newport from newport <laughs> you're like pull over i gotta jump in the ocean i didn't have a bathing suit but the sun was setting and it was a beautiful (laughs) summer night and we were just amongst all these yachts and everything and i was just like i'm jumping in in my ginch man (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's funny i can't help it i understand man let's let's play one more man okay and this is uh is this from your grandfather yeah we made an album together i think in 2013 called black stick that is the name of the band because we both play clarinets and cindy Bechet's song black stick we recorded that but this is him uh singing a song about new orleans actually written by tom waits who well, i didn't know he was even into tom waits at all but um yeah so he uh is playing the soprano saxophone and then singing the song i wish i was in new orleans let's listen Thank you. 
cards, roll the dice, put the beer down on ice. We'll stroll down Claiborne Avenue, just me, my dear, and you. Nice, man. A little symbol thing. Yeah. It's my brother playing the banjo, too. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, cool. So it's like all of y'all, man, the whole family. Except for your, your pop. He, he plays piano, though, right? Yes. Yeah. No, he wasn't there. We recorded it at my grandfather's house on Gabriel Island. Okay. It's a beautiful spot. But yeah, it's it's uh, myself, my brother, my grandfather, and then some honorary family members who played with the family for years. Benji Bohannon, who you may have met at okay. some point. He lives in New Orleans. Yeah, now. yeah. But... Uh, Don Ogilvy playing guitar and Jen Hodge playing bass. Wow, mm-hmm. that was a beautiful recording, man. Yeah, it was. I was really glad that we were able to pull that together. So, I want the people to know how to get in touch with you. If it's right. via Facebook, you, you don't want them to go to your website. Don't <laughs> don't go to evanarnson dot com. It's the first time I've ever said that on this show. Do not whatever yeah. you do, no, do you're not go. You, you're, you will regret your life. <laughs> evanarkson.com do you yeah. mind to spell your last name so they can they can find you yeah the, oh okay well my last name is a-r-n-t-z-e-n or t-z-e-n depending on where you at where you're at yeah <laughs> exactly where you're listening so where, where can they find you and your music uh probably facebook is the best way okay. right now and, and mm-hmm. your facebook handle is evan arnson evan arnson yeah okay, that's cool. my name e-v-a-n yep and uh, Arnson, you you'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of us out there. Yeah, I did go to your website and I was like, man, this is pretty sad, man. <laughs> yeah, you, you got it. You're not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get that together. I know. I know. Y'all should go just talk to, have to a me laugh, next week. Man. Like, right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> sure. If you need a laugh, go to evanarnson.com. Right. It'll sort you out. <laughs> Yo, I want to thank Evan Arnson for coming on the Working Artist Project. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch y'all later thank you Darian hey guys thanks for tuning in to the Working Artist Project before you go I need you to do a few more things don't forget to like subscribe and comment on iTunes and Facebook I would love to connect with each and every one of you it would also be awesome if you guys could check out my Patreon page the link will be in the description each week I will recognize one of my patrons at the end of this podcast If you want to find out how to get your name called, click the link below. Become a patron. I'll catch you guys later. Peace.